and welcome back to another special episode of the Epic Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce, and this is episode 109, and I'm trying to get this recorded because we've been away for a bit, and um, I'm, I, I want to talk, Lux is, out of, is unavailable, and we're waiting for a judge, so we got a lot of sort of balls in the air, and so I'm, I wanted to get this one out for everybody, um, but uh, this is just going to be me solo tonight, so it's just going to be me... Um, you know, and my thoughts on, on, on a couple topics and, uh, we'll go from there. So this is probably gonna be a little bit shorter than usual, but that's, you know, not a bad thing. Um, we got extra content coming down the pipe in terms of uh, episode with a judge for Commander Legends Baldur's Gate. We'll have previews for Commander, uh, sorry, uh, Double Masters 2. So lots going on right now in the world of magic. Uh, my wallet's crying. I'm sure yours is too. Um... But uh, tonight we wanted to just get something kind of short and sweet and get it out there for everyone to enjoy. Don't forget, if you like what you hear here on the show, be sure to check out our podcast each and every week at thelotuscouncil.com. It is free for you to go and find it there. Um, you don't need to subscribe or pay a fee or anything like that. It's just free for you to check out. But they also have lots of other great content over at thelotuscouncil.com. Uh, they have an arena stream on Twitch that WoWo plays. Um, you have Sona who making YouTube videos, uh, you know, they have box breaks, they've, you've got, but the Discord is probably the best place to get involved. The Discord is a great place where it's free of charge, doesn't cost you a red, any, anything to get in the, into the, into the Discord, and you're going to find tons of great people here who just love to talk magic, many who like to talk about EDH, some of the other people like to talk about other things, but it's a great place to come check out and just talk to lots of people. So come and check out thelotuscouncil.com. The link to the Discord is going to be in the show notes down below. So uh, don't don't be shy. Come on in, say hi, and um, you find out just how friendly and uh, positive a place it can be. So this uh, the, tonight I want to do a quick uh, garbage or great. Then I want to talk about, um, pardon me, um, just going back to some basics because we're now almost 110 episodes into the show. And I, you know, we forget sometimes just why we get into podcasting or why you get down a path. And I wanted to talk about it because I think with Commander Legends coming out, getting back to our roots and helping new players, which I think is fundamentally where we are as a podcast, um, is kind of an important feature. But we'll get, we'll get back to that topic a little bit more in a second. And then last but not least, um, just a little bit of a, a discussion around what, if anything, from Baldur's Gate do I want to build and if and sort of maybe give some people some inspiration about where they want to go and build their uh, next deck. So, lots to talk about, so let's get right down to business. So tonight, our Garbage or Great is Skizik Serger, which is a 6-4 for 4 red-red. Red. It has haste, it also has echo, sacrifice two lands. So, this is from uh, Future Sight. It's 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 not a not a good card. Um, six mana, six fours with haste potentially could be um, impactful if your deck's looking to leverage the the haste. And haste is very powerful because your opponents have to always account for something coming down that has haste that could dramatically alter the, the course of the game and something like this you know it, it this thing would kill a planeswalker very rapidly if they leave it un, un, unchecked um it would you know get someone down near near death you could end their end someone's game with this sort of thing 
or if nothing else, you can use it as a way to remove a couple of problematic creatures if they can't afford to take the hit. Uh, now this thing probably killing whatever it attacks into. Uh, maybe two things if you can, I don't know, do something. Um, but beyond that, it's a very vanilla sort of creature. It doesn't really do a lot of other stuff, which in Commander is really not where you want to be anymore. There was a time when this was probably playable, um, but I would argue that the game of Magic has passed it by so badly at this stage that this is not really a card that anybody's looking to build with. It doesn't really synergize with anything. Um, I'm just looking at um, sort of this the card's stats on EDH Rec, and really the only decks that it goes in would be Jolene the Plunder Queen, which is uh, from the Nukapenna Commander product. And I guess you could play it there, where you're, where you care about things with trample and sorry with haste. I mean, but let's be real. This is not exactly a great card. It literally fits in ten decks. That's the stats, folks. It's in ten decks out of a potential six hundred twelve nine six hundred twelve thousand nine hundred decks. So essentially zero. All right. So this is not a good card. Um, I would not recommend you go and build with it i mean if you have one in a box and you want to play it for giggles like by all means like have at her you're not like i'm i'm all for you playing whatever cards you want to play but if you're someone out there looking to get you know you're new to the game or you're looking for for something this is not the sort of card you want to be starting your decks with um i mean this is a fine like maybe a limited card but not for not for a new commander deck so i'm sorry but skizik serger is kind of garbage is kind of got to go by the wayside all right okay segment two again as i mentioned earlier we're going back to some basics and by basics i mean i want to go back and think about what i would tell a new player joining in to commander now because we started this podcast we started this podcast before the pandemic started which feels hard to believe because that was literally feels like an eternity ago um but no it was january of 2020 and we had just started um, the podcast, and we, you know, Lux and I were in, the, in discussions, and we really wanted to focus on new players um, because a lot of commander deck or commander podcasts are kind of assuming you are um, re reasonably entrenched in the game, and there's nothing wrong with that position. I recognize if you're probably picking up a commander deck, you probably are reasonably entrenched in the game, but there's still those people who. You want to find someone who doesn't normally play, um, someone who is a new player who may not have ever played Commander. Um, well, sort of, what would you tell them? Because Commander is a really complicated format. Like, it is so diverse. And it's not just the, it's not just the cards or the deck construction. Like, deck construction could be, could be formulaic, but it's not, right? Um, card evaluation could be, um, could be standardized, you know, like limited limited has, I think developed a reasonably good understanding of what constitutes a good card in limited through LR or Lords of limited or all those other limited focused podcasts, right? They have developed a pretty sound foundation for what to look for, but commander is wildly diverse. Uh, there's so much personal, opinion and personal perspective and personal playgroups and personal experience that figures into all of this 
Um, and then we only then we have the whole social component, like the whole rule zero. How do we have that discussion around making sure that our play experience is positive and that people leave the like whether they sit down to play, they they they're happy, right? Like it's very challenging as a uh, as a as a format. And what would you tell a new player? Think about it. If you're out there as our audience. And you had a friend of yours sit down beside you and say, "Hey, what are you doing? Can I learn? To, can I learn to play this too?" What would you tell them? And it's not simple to say. So, I wanted to go back to that and think about that. If I was talking to a new player, what would I suggest? Them? What advice could I pass along to them to help them get into the game uh, and not overspend? Because it's really easy to throw money at Magic. It's getting easier all the time with all the new products that are coming out. I mean, if you think about it, we've had New Capenna, we, now we've got Baldur's Gate, and then we're going to have Double Masters, all in very short succession, along with a whole heap of Commander decks and other, and other products. So there's lots going on uh, and lots of places to put your money, but how would you tell someone who's new to the game, maybe they're not, they're not invested into it as heavily, what would we do? So... Let's have our conversation. All right, so um, let's just accept, like, many players entering the game of Commander are uh, a little intimidated. Even constructed players who have been playing constructed for a long time would step into a Commander game, and they, and they discover very quickly that it's a very different environment than playing one-on-one -on -one tournament magic. Um, they may have built the best deck, but they may not win because the other three players team up on them, or because, um, you know, politics the table or something, or they run out of steam because they're not used to playing with a higher life total. It's a lot different to knock out 120 points of life than to knock out 20. Um, and the format keeps changing very, very rapidly. Um, and so that, you know, this, what we tell people today might be very different than what has to be sold to them entering into play magic in even three years, right? Like, um, there's a stat that I found on Twitter where 20% of all commanders in the format have been printed since 2020, since Commander 2021 was released. So in a very short period of time, we've had a lot of new commanders get added. And what that means is that we've had a disproportionate amount of new information, new cards, new options, new knew everything. The whole format's been upended. You know, gone are the days where Carador and, um, or, you know, Atraxa, even like Atraxa might be the most popular commander ever built, but no one's talking about Atraxa. No one's talking Carador. No one's talking, you know, all these various commanders that, you know, for the ages were, you know, the standbys. There are so many now that it's, you know, even so difficult just to keep tabs on them all, let alone anything else. So what would you tell somebody entering the game? So I think the first point you have to consider is whether you t direct someone to get into a pre-con or build a deck from scratch. And I, there are pros and cons to either side. Um, some people really appreciate the, the personalization that you can have from building your deck from scratch. Um... You know, you build it yourself, you play it yourself, it's your it's your deck. And I know personally that's my preferred way to play the game. I want to build my deck. I don't want to play a pre-con particularly. I, I will. I've got, you know, 
a number of pre-cons kicking around that I'm quite happy to to open and play with, but that's not the primary way I want to engage in the game. I want to build my decks from scratch. But I also recognize that at this stage of my playing career, I've been playing steadily since 2012, um, and the practice of, I have accrued from building decks each and every week for this podcast or, and to build decks for my own personal use has resulted in me having a lot of experience. Deck construction doesn't intimidate me. Where somebody who's new has maybe never played Commander might find the format really intimidating and the thought of building a deck really challenging. And so they might really benefit from the opportunity of having a deck like a pre-con. Decks that play fundamentally very well. I have been astounded at how well I've I've you know played with people who have um, had pre-cons against people who have been playing something other than a pre-con. And the pre-cons always seem to hold them hold their own very well. They are well constructed. I will have to give Wizards that over the last number of years, they have really refined the practice of what a what is what it means to be playing a pre-con. And so I don't think there's anything wrong these days in saying I actually would direct someone to go get a pre-con. I think in a pre-con you're getting a good variety of cards, you're getting a coherent strategy, you're getting probably, you know, things that are designed specifically for the format. And it's usually coming in at a price tag that is, you know, pretty good. So if you're spending 50 bucks on it or whatever, and then you get a little bit of, and then you, you spend 25 or $30 to upgrade, and there you go. You've got a deck in this for under 100 bucks, which is fundamentally our goal, too, here on this podcast. So I think you could really, you could really do a lot worse than having... Um, somebody go and pick up a pre-con and start playing it. So, in fact, I think my advice to somebody new playing Commander for the very first time would be to pick up a pre-con. If you had asked me a number of years ago about that, I would have said, probably not, because I don't think that the pre-cons were nearly as interesting or as well-constructed. But I think nowadays, uh, in 2022, I think we're talking about some very well-conceived product um, at a price point that makes a lot of sense, and is a good gateway into the game. So I think I would be advising people to pick up a, com- uh, a Commander Precon and to let go of the idea that you're going to build your deck from scratch until you are able and ready to do that. Um, and deck construction is less than, less of an intimidating barrier for you. All right, what sort of strategy would you recommend as a very first deck? Um, I know a lot of people get really wrapped up in co- whether they want to play combo or they want to play control, or they want to play aggro, um, I think you're going to find, my advice to a new player would be, don't worry about whether you're playing combo or aggro or whatever. In Commander, I, there are going to be metas where that's, that is relevant. But I think as a starting point, you should be looking at building yourself a solid deck um, that looks to play a very sound mid-range game. Uh, I think it's the most natural and logical progression that you you go up your curve from your one your two one and two three drops to four five six and by six and seven you're playing big powerful spells, which is a classic mid range game, and I think that is probably the easiest most intuitive way to open up the the, the gate. Um, many players get you know bogged down in this idea. Oh, I gotta play. I really want to play combo. I'm a combo player in modern, so I gotta play combo in in commander. I'm like. 
I don't know if it really works that way. Um, you certainly can play combo. There's lots of combo decks. But the truth of the matter is very simply, um, I'm not sure that, that that's an easy way to approach it. And in a 100-card deck, like part of the advantage of a combo deck in modern or whatever, you have multiple redundant pieces that you can assemble to build your combo. For us as Magic players in Commander, we don't have that luxury. We have one of any one card. And you have to, if you want to make your deck go, you need to be a very good pilot of your deck in this in this sort of environment. And so I think there's, you know, that's a real challenge. When you only got you have to be a very good pilot of your deck in order to ensure that co your combo is going to come off and work together because if you combo incorrectly, you've just fizzled and your opponents now have a top opportunity to win the game. So, I'm a big believer in, you know, in picking a mid-range strategy, one that's premised on uh, accruing value and doing and playing with powerful cards um, without resulting in a combo. Combo can come later as you get familiar with the format, but I think at first I'd be directing myself and my and my efforts towards building a a a, a strong mid-range deck capable of interacting with my opponent at a, at a number of different junctures or along a number of different axes, and then eventually moving to some of these you know, other ideas as you get going. You go, oh, you really want to play Control? Well, that's very achievable in Commander. It doesn't look the same as you would in Constructed, but you can certainly do it. What about Power Level? So, one of the traps people entering the game get into is they get into this idea of Power Level and they want to issue a number statement. And we've all heard this before. If you are familiar with Commander and even, even the slightest, you know the discussion around the power level or the and the numbering system from one to ten is a huge, huge misnomer. Um, that's probably not you don't assign a grading to your deck. Oh, I'm a seven. I'm an eight. I'm a six. I'm a two. No, like that's not a helpful way of expressing any of all that. So um, I think what we need to go move towards is being able to articulate and express how your deck likes to win and how fast you want to get there. And as much as that sounds kind of crazy as an adjustment for our power level, I think this sort of move for our power level gives us a much more indicative and representative um, of what is actually being sought in our game experience. Oh, I'm playing this sort of deck. I'm looking to do this. I would like to play like, like Storm Off on, on turn five. All right. Okay. We now we can have the conversation around it. But most people, when they're sitting down to play, aren't ha don't have that much of a clear thought yet about it. And we really have to focus on giving people a reason to express, you know, what sort of way does their deck win and how does it want to do that? Like, how quickly can it do that so that we can really, um, really address the idea of having matching power levels more effectively than I've got a 7. A 7 doesn't mean anything. All right, and as we've and the joke is in the community, we're all sevens, right? All of us are sevens. Um, what sort of cards should you be prioritizing to add your deck, uh, to add to your decks? I always tell new players, um, if you're building your own deck where you're looking to add change and 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 mix out pieces for your precon, that you should really be focusing on cards that generate powerful amounts of value for you. Um. Particularly on Enter the Battlefield triggers, but um, 
cards that generate additional value um, immediately when they hit the battlefield are definitely things that interest me when I'm building decks and probably should inter interest new players. Um, as much as uh, there's lots, you, you, you want to prioritize, you know, this, that, the other thing. I think there's a lot of truth to just understanding how your deck works and understanding how your deck wants to generate value. Uh, so that you can extract the most value from your game, even if you don't hit the combo or hit the whatever your key card you're looking for to, to, to really win the game, but you still have the capacity to have a plan, a coherent thought in terms of making your deck uh, your deck you know be a positive a positive impact on the on the board state and something fun that for your opponents to play against. So I think there's a there's definitely things that generate value. Uh, um, like, you know, two-for-ones, three-for-ones, heaven forbid, a four-for-one. But, anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other things to consider these days. But I think I'd be, yeah, definitely leaning towards a pre-con, you know, of a mid-range variety. And adding, you know, 10 or 20 bucks of some cards you're looking to upgrade it. Um, and then, yeah, that's what I got. All right. Let's uh, move on away from... Uh, what would we tell new players to moving on to what would we open from our build from Baldur's Gate? And there's a whole bunch of terrific commanders. There's, there's just tons of them and tons and tons of um, backgrounds too. But I think I want to focus on the commanders themselves. Um, I think that would be you know, something that's really interesting. Um, looking at our top 10. So we have Miram, which is the the teamer colored dragon commander, Captain I can't pronounce Captain Nagathrod, I suppose, and uh, they have nine hundred seventy decks, and it's a horror seems to be leaning into horror tribal. You have Miracle, Tasha the Jade Witch, a Minster, Ragadraga, um, Ragadraga Gorgrad's boss, I guess. Um, Nine Fingers Keen. Ion Renicus, Shattered One, uh, Nalia, Darnis. Like, there's lots of different things you can play. Um, I think, like, I'm interested in the, um, and I'm uh, unabashedly so. I'm very interested in Faldorn Dread Wolf Herald. I think the the exit from Exile Precon is a very interesting uh, interpretation of 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 the deck. Um, one where you're looking to leverage cards that have gone into exile, which I think is something we haven't really discussed too much uh, over time. But I think it's really, really interesting. Um, so I'm a big fan of that one. Um, Zev, Zev, uh, yeah, Zev Lore Eltrial Exile, which is the Tiefling Warrior for one in a Grixis. With four, it's a 4 2 with haste. Two to tap when you next cast instant or sorcery spell that targets a single opponent or a single permanent opposing controls. Um, for each opponent, for each other opponent, choose that player. Uh, that player or permanent they control, copy that spell and the copy targets the chosen player or permanent. You can get into some cute things with Zevlor. I think that's a pretty interesting one. And uh, it's only in 302 decks, so you're definitely going to be, you know, one of the new kids. I like Glunch the Bestower, the green-white uh, group hug commander. I think that one's really interesting. I like that. That's um, very interesting. 
Um, what else is interesting? I think having number a number of gods uh, creatures labeled as gods. So we have Bane, and we have Miracle, we have a few others that are labeled as gods. Legendary creature God going along with Bane, Lord of Darkness. And then that's an interesting approach to things, for sure. Um, yeah, what else would be interesting to build? I am kind of interested in Ball, Lord of Murder. Um, I like the idea of having Ball, Lord of Murder be indestructible. But also, whenever another non-token creature you control dies... Put also almost encounter on target creature and goad it. So I like Ball. I think Ball probably goes into uh, another deck, like a Zyatora deck, where you're looking to fling your creatures anyway. But anyway, so uh, Boreal seems pretty interesting. Um, Riles, Rylesa, uh, Riles Rail Kingpin. That seems interesting. Two, three white, three blue, black for a two-five with death touch. Um, you take an initiative, and then whenever you draw target attacking creature, gain death touch until end of turn. Um, so I think this is pretty interesting and worth exploring too. So, uh, real Zarel Kingpin is is super interesting as well. I like Wilson. I think Wilson is um, particularly interesting because you can get give. Um, mono green bears, I think, is a thing, um, and definitely worth worth playing. I think it's probably pretty funny, and only for a quarter. It seems nothing wrong with that. Um, and then we have Corlesa. If you're looking to play dragons, well, Corlesa Scale Singer is, yeah, Corlesa reduces the costing cost of your dragon spells. Look at the top card of your library, so some deck some deck manipulation potentially. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. And then let's take one more. I think Jahera, Friend of the Forest, is particularly interesting. Um, where your tokens get uh, a green. I would probably be looking at Jahera to go in a token deck uh, rather than leading one. But I think Jahera is worth exploring. Abdel, Adrian, Gorian's Ward. Um, this is uh, the same sort of problem that... Um, Oh, geez, what am I saying here? Uh, World Gorger Dragon. Sorry, that's the one. So you can blink it with Reanimate Dead uh, back and forth, and I think you can cause a lot of a lot of consternation for your opponents with Abdel uh, Adrian. So there's lots of interesting things to build, lots of interesting things to build. I, th I like Vol, Candlekeep Researcher, um, where you, if you can pump... If you pump Vol uh, forward closer, that'd be ultimately for the best. But yeah, so Vol is pretty cool. Uh, you can add mana to your Canopy Researcher to and just cast. You just can't cast spells from your hand, but that seems okay when you've got activated abilities and mana to use. But yeah, lots of great things to build. Lots of fun and different commanders to try out. Um, so I'm ha I'm really enjoying the format and enjoying getting. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty much going to wrap us up today. There's lots of fun decks, lots of fun commanders, too many, too many to speak of. Um, so, we're, but we are going to bring tonight's show to a close. Uh, like I said, it's a little bit quick, one a little bit short, and that's okay. Um, 
If you want to leave us some feedback, by all means, you can email us at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. The link's going to be in the show notes as well. So, right underneath the, the Discord to uh, the Lotus Council, you can join the Patreon. Um, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, which is probably the easiest thing to do, we're also on Instagram uh, on both those uh, both those places at Epic Exp Cast. That is our homes on the interwebs. Um, we also have all of our deck lists from all of our shows up on Moxfield.com. Please look, use the, look for the username, the Epic Experiment Podcast. And of course, ask a question, leave a comment, like, follow, subscribe, whatever. Every little bit helps us get the word out each and every day. Uh, sorry, each and every week. So um, come and check it out. Uh, but yeah, so come and check us out. Next week, or I guess later even this week, the Epic Experiment Podcast will be bringing on a judge so we can talk about rules interactions from the from Battle for Baldur's Gate. But that's until then. So until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast wishing you all the best wherever you next play Magic. Thanks very much, everybody. Take care. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon.